say, say you take a trip to the Philippines, you go out for an, uh, on a night, you know, on, with your Filipino friends. Mm-hmm. They're going to get all the 12 year olds. Right. It's like, why did I even go to the Philippines? Yeah. <laughs> What else is there to do there? <laughs> if you're not there to knock down 12-year-old ass, you know, what is there? I, I don't know. Like a Samoan tattoo and then come home? I don't, like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. An unlucky man was found beaten to death and stuffed under the mattress of a midtown hotel room. Guess his sleep number was 187. Murder. Either that or someone left it for the corpse fairy. By the way, under the mattress, perfect place to hide a body. Virtually undetectable until the next guest. You're like, oh, bed's kind of lumpy. Looks like a prostitution scam, according to a police source. The victim brought a woman back to his room who he believed to be a prostitute, and the two were followed into the room by four men. Surveillance video captured the group entering and leaving the room. Several guests called the front desk about the loud noises coming from the room. But each time the security guards came to the door, they were greeted by a scantily clad woman who explained they were having sex. You know, some people have sex that sounds an awful lot like four guys beating a guy to death. Well, obviously, the security guards were powerless to intervene when faced with a scantily clad woman. Uh, joining me now is our... Uh, well, senior Jew correspondent, Nate Fritzen. Hello. Good hey, Nate. day. Nate, you know, you ever paid for sex? No, I haven't. I, I mean, not anymore, like, you know, not more than, like, just dating. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. You know. Not cash, but, right. you know, not directly. Never I, do, yeah, never direct uh, Never direct service. I, like I would, but I'm just scared. Yeah? Why? Well, I mean, <laughs> I might get beaten to death by four guys. Well, that's true. I guess that is that is a risk you run. One, uh, one Bronx teacher uh, trying to make a difference. <laughs> Placed an ad online, he said, Mr. Craigslist, bring me a dream. Something, something that ends with teen. Well, a young teen, student, and uh, he, what he was looking for in the ad, a young teen, student, and or young girl, you don't have to be a student, uh, who would be interested in messing around with a licensed real teacher. A light, ooh. Twisted Educators, uh, (laughs) Society's Sorest for Uncle. Yeah. Does the license... The licensed teacher is like... I I like also that he's he's into like... uh, He's into someone that, you know, who's a student, you know? Just Mm. like, dude, leave work at work. (laughs) You got to learn how to relax. Plus, you know, get a dropout, a runaway. I mean, that's your your best... That's your ticket right there. Yeah. Someone who's... Yeah, yeah, not someone with a close family. Right. Right. (laughs) Maybe she. Well, you see, who knows what it, what you're gonna come up with when you go out there on Craigslist. I, I wonder if, if they if would they ask to see the license, right? <laughs> That's, yeah. And they, up on the wall, you can see. I uh, I hang I hang my diploma in every hotel room I stay in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> license, real. Gee, yeah, put it up. You want to make sure. Yeah, in the room. I might have to mold some hearts and minds here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, a 27 year old Jonathan Bloom arrested for attempting. To meet an underage teen girl at Burger King, uh, that's uh, that's that's the way it went down. Uh, Bloom's a tenth grade global studies teacher at the Dreamyard Preparatory School. The Dreamyard. That's uh, I've never heard that word before. I haven't either, and it sounds terrifying. But this is uh, this is a reflection of uh, millennials and dating apps. Is that uh, you know he's used to Tinder, so he thinks he has to meet this one at a restaurant yeah. instead of just giving him giving her the address. Well, you never know who's going to be. You know, right. Could be four guys. True. And uh, as it turns out, it wasn't a teen girl who responded. 
It was an invest. It was investigators. He was chatting with investigators the whole time. That was a trick. He was they they they. She responded to him. Right. He put the ad out there, and then they responded as a uh, as an underage girl. I actually knew a girl who did this for a while. She she was uh, she worked on the Sting she side. Was, yeah, the Sting side. Or the, she was just trying to solicit young she was, boys. No, she was uh, the sweet sugar. Oh, okay. She was the sugar bait, and she was really good at it. I remember I talked to this girl. I get an erection. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't part of... I didn't... Right. That's not how I met her, of course. You, you know, chatting? That'd you be, didn't... Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> didn't meet her. ASL. She's like, you know, I'm going to come clean with you. You seem like a nice guy. Uh, I am not me. Um, no, that wasn't the way it was. I knew her beforehand. But that was it was interesting that yeah. she turned out going that way because, like, she had she had a really nice voice. She had a gift. She projected sex. There's a, you know, it's hard to turn down, you know. I True. Could, I, it, it, I I struggle with this. I don't think, the, I think the guy's obviously, you know, a horrible person and everything. But Jesus Christ, you know, like, uh, what if just nobody responded? How about that, you know? But I guess if, you were, if he throws an ad out there looking for a student, uh... A young teen, a student, and or a girl who'd be interested in messing around with a licensed real teacher. Right. Is that really against the law? Is it? Is it against yes. the law? It is. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, if you say... I don't know. Well, if, a young teen could be right. 17. Sure. I mean, you're young. It's, you're not young in the teens. You know, I, the older I get... The And I hear about stories where, like, you know, some dude in his 20s is soliciting underage uh you know underage girls i'm just like why this is you're all kids you know you're all being kids right now <laughs> and i'm not even that much older than this guy yeah but i am older than this guy and i uh, feel like yeah oh, this is he's just a dumb kid who's misguided 27 come on 27 it, it just seems as if you're you're that, in the prime of your life that's almost too young to be like uh, to to find it that uh, you know arousing that right. she's young right how different is it yeah <laughs> How different is it from some twenty-one-year-old? Get a twenty-one-year-old. Yeah. Get a twenty-one-year-old. Put her in. Put her in pigtails and make her talk like a baby. You know, yeah. it's fine. They're out there. They're out, there's the city. The city is full of, of debauched mar- women. Yeah. You know, just get out there and go find someone who wants to call you daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not. But you know, you can't tell these teachers anything, man. They're gonna. They're gonna fuck students. That's it. He had. He, yeah. He actually outsourced at least. You know, he wasn't somebody mm-hmm. who he'd like groomed in the school. At least he's direct about it. Like, yeah. I'm looking for some shit to go on. He's not, like, you know, blundering into it maybe you know, he between has, classes or maybe something. Maybe he has a chick at school and he needed a side piece. That could happen. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, the church, you too. Can, yeah. you, know. he, he, you can't have them knowing each Gotta other. Gotta go cross town with that. <laughs> well, he's a, a teacher of globalization. What? Uh, he, he teaches a, well, global studies teacher at the Dream Yard. At the uh, Dream Yard. Yeah, and it's uh, 10th grade. Uh, and and uh, global studies is oriented around the idea of globalization as it relates to different fields of activity. So, yeah. so here's the question. How does Bloom's arrest illustrate broader questions of global change? Essay question. Well, I, I think the average legal um, age of consent, the average legal age of consent across Asia, for instance, mm-hmm. right. 14 and a half. Okay. In the that fil- seem, I mean, that seems about right. I mean, like they're already like, you know, retired from the Olympics at that point. So, I mean, that, you know, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's time to move on Settle to your down. new career. In the Philippines, it's 12. Ooh. Yeah. And in Mexico, it's sometimes as low as 12. In Tepic, the age of consent is, quote, puberty. 
Just puberty. Puberty in if general. You, yeah. Literally the, the grass on the infield rule. Right. Huh, is the law. Well, you know, they let, you know Latinos love baseball. So. And, if, and if you're an American citizen, um, here's the problem. The age of uh, the highest age of consent of this country follows you everywhere in the world. So that's the law here is that if you go, it doesn't matter what the age of consent is anywhere. It's 18 for us. For us. Yeah, for Americans. Say you, check, say, <laughs> say you take a trip to the Philippines, you go out for an, uh, on a night, you know, on, with your Filipino friends, mm-hmm. they're going to get all the 12-year-olds. Right. It's like, why did I even go to the Philippines? Yeah. <laughs> right. What else is there to do there? <laughs> if you're not there to knock down 12-year-old ass... You know what is there? I, I don't know. I get like a Samoan tattoo and then come home. I don't like. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I came to the Philippines and all I got was this oh. lousy tattoo. If you go to Mexico and you're just about to have sex with a girl that in Topeka, mm-hmm. and you think, well, okay, I just need to make sure this girl has pubic hair. I'll be in the clear. No, not so fast. You got to wait five and a half years. <laughs> Being an American can sometimes be a real buzzkill. It really, <laughs> you know, we think we're the freest, but uh, mm. you know. It's hard, hard to argue with that. Yeah, who's got more freedom when it comes to fucking 12-year-olds? Mexicans. Than Filipinos. <laughs> He's got a response. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a young teen student or a young girl. Investigators posing as a young girl mm-hmm. and loving every minute of it. Laying a trap for a man such as himself. They corresponded with him for about a month. A month. It was wow. A, yeah. That's, the, that's. I mean, that's impressive. I can't keep a Tinder conversation going longer than one week. So that's pretty <laughs> It's pretty amazing. They're, they're practically dating at that, that point. Yeah. I mean, he knows all about her, you know? I mean, that's his girlfriend, really. You know? Really, he's, he's dating investigators. Like, I've really, been seeing the, this girl. The investigators, I'm starting to like, I'm starting to think they're the bad guys here <laughs> playing with this poor man's heart. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were into it. You know, maybe they weren't. It's hard to tell. I mean, were they thinking it was just a friendship or, you know, did they really lead him on? Like, do they think they're dating now? That's the thing. Is he dating these four men? Who knows? Who knows? Is he, he, he's, he, I, I think now he's, he's probably got, uh, you know, a, well, a cellmate. Uh, if, He's not out on bail. It says here that, um, you know, he showed up at the Queens Burger King, obviously, instead of a young girl. He's met by cops. They did not want to have sex. And while the... Uh, the cops didn't? They did not. Let uh, me be upfront about this. <laughs> we are not going to the ball pit today. This is not happening. While this alleged behavior is not school-related, it is incredibly disturbing, said Department of Education spokeswoman Devorah Kay. She says, very disturbing, incredibly disturbing. She said, this individual has been immediately reassigned away from the classroom. Reassigned. (laughs) Yes. Reassigned. They've moved him. He's someplace else, away from the classroom where he can teach. Uh, I guess he's not going to teach. I guess it's a... He's just going to wander the dream yard. Yeah. I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) Reassigned. Uh, Charged with attempted rape, attempted criminal sex act, attempted endangering the welfare of a child... Attempted, attempted purchase of a Whopper, <laughs> attempted uh, dis- disseminating uh, indecent material to a minor. It says there's a dick pic involved. Okay. And uh, I would guess, right? I would think so. Indecent material. Maybe it was it's just... probably not him just like sprawled out on a chaise lounge, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> probably a... Or maybe it was like t- talking about how he wanted to fucking uh, eat her pussy and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, who knows? But, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go wrong for these teachers. In the Bronx, a teacher trying to make a difference again. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, these these educators arrested for choking a 13-year-old student. Now, here's here's the other question. What's the age of consent for choking? <laughs> 
13? I guess. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I was that, I mean, that's when I was bar mitzvahed. I think like you could have choked me then. I would have been fine. You know, you would have been, you would have answered for it. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever you've done. I had it coming. 39 year old William Gomez. He's facing criminal obstruction of breathing charges. (laughs) So uh, he's three times the age of this uh, person that he's choking. There was a fight. It was the Soundview Academy on Bolton Avenue arguing with the student when he grabbed the teen around the neck. He's been teaching in city schools for nine years and was reassigned after the incident. (laughs) They're hanging out. Is this the Catholic Church? What is is going on here with this? They just move him to a different... They just move him around. Yeah. Uh, He just hasn't met the right student yet. (laughs) Well, he's reassigned. He's he's also getting too old for this shit. Now, uh, the Post reports, a classroom bully drove a normally bubbly 12-year-old girl to suicide, uh, constantly criticizing, embarrassing, and harassing her in front of other students. Well, uh, that that student is deceased now. Uh, she was strong, uh, but the teacher brought her down, said Ivan Almonte. That's the devastated brother of late Stephanie Almonte. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're suing the Department of Education, and uh, you know who knows? Maybe they'll get a maybe they'll get a big settlement. You think? I they have to. There's no way. I mean, I'm I mean I'm no lawyer, but uh, you know, there's no way they walk with no money. It sounds as if she was really, uh, it says she made Stephanie Almonte her target by subjecting her to micromanagement, excessive detentions for no reason on a daily basis, and embarrassment in front of other students in the same class. You know, they they complain, people complain so much about uh, teachers not taking, you know, not, you know, showing students individual attention. Uh Well, I don't, I don't know what else you want. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want you want this you know you want this girl to grow up and be a senator or what you know I don't or like or what was it a boy I don't know. So, uh, it, yeah, was it, actually, was it a girl? I didn't. I, so it's a little girl. It's a little girl. And the teacher is a, a woman. Her name is uh, Gribbets. Right. Uh, something Gribbets. And I was saying her name was, uh, was it Nina Gribbets. Nina Gribbets. Nina Gribbets. <laughs> Just uh, boy, if there's gonna be an evil teacher, yeah, it's it's Gribbets. Well, uh, I, I kind of hope they get a big settlement, um, something. I hope that, uh, you know, if, if she was actually harassing her all the time. Because like you said, but, but who knows, maybe maybe it was you know, just good teaching, good sound teaching. I mean, I didn't see Whiplash, but I hear there's a lot of yelling at children in it, <laughs> and uh, it made someone like a great person or something, I think mm. was the conceit of the movie. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that I think was actually the little subtitle, yelling at children makes a person a great person. Right. right? I, I mean, I, you know... I, I have, you know, done my best work when someone was screaming at me. So in yeah. various, po- you know, various times in my life. Drill sergeant type shit. Yeah. Yeah. I will tear you down and build you up again. Full metal jacket. That had a happy ending, right? I didn't see the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it had a very happy ending. Uh, hey, some doormen have been quitting the luxury Brooklyn rental building uh, down in, uh, well, that's down in Brooklyn. It was once a hospital. It's haunted. The one, two, three on the park building on the southeast edge of Prospect Park, built on the site of the Caledonian Hospital, which closed in 2003. Developers transformed the Flatbush building mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into a luxury rental. Well, apparently, spirits didn't care for that. When they opened the doors July 2014, tales emerged of strange voices and mysterious footsteps. Now, these are believed by some to be the ghosts of former patients. Yeah, if they're patients, they should keep it down and get back to bed. I don't know what they're doing up. Probably taking a ghost piss. A late night Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, these three doormen have... Uh, three doormen have left in the past six months. That's a good job being a doorman. Yeah, it's a great job. They um, like it. There's a union. They're part of... I think they're Teamsters. 
They get to, you know, they get to dress like they're in, uh, like they live in Oz or something. I mean, yeah. it's a great, it's, you know, it's a great. <laughs> they, they do, they dress like that, it's the, a, like, members of the guard. Right. It's a great. Uh, you killed her. Thank <laughs> <laughs> guy. It's, you know, it's a great, it's a great life. This, uh, this, stories like this make me so happy, uh, that I'm single because, uh, you know, because only like a, a woman you've been seeing for however long and you're ready to move in would want to move into an abandoned hospital. And, uh, that would just never, that would never in a million years. Yeah. I want to live in that, uh, old, a sane asylum, mm-hmm. insane asylum. That's, uh. <laughs> Like uh, I'd like every day to be like the darkest episode of Batman, if that's mm-hmm. cool. I yeah. uh, I just never would never do that. I mean, you know, I'm willing to take a risk. You know, I well, guess. The, the three doormen, uh, yeah, have have left in the past. And and way to advertise, by the way. He's single, ladies. Single, ladies. <laughs> According to it, that by the way, that was a janitor that reported that about the three doormen. So oh well, okay. They 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 just uh, this is just some shit a janitor told them. A lot of gossip in this they, uh, <laughs> abandoned hospital. <laughs> it's, was it a janitor or was it the ghost of a janitor? <laughs> Why, there hasn't been a janitor here. <laughs> Look at these floors. Oh, they need to be buffed. <laughs> we wished we had a janitor. A current doorman told the super, he said uh, he said he was doing routine security walks in the basement. And the back, this is, by the way, um, a doorman, a super quoting a doorman. So... It's this this you know. some third hand shit, but he's here's where the quote starts. He said he was doing routine security walks in the basement and in the back of the building, getting, so like, getting uh, high, yeah. napping and getting high. Is what that is. That's <laughs> napping, getting high. Uh, maybe you know, hitting a bottle out back. Yeah, he's got himself a, a little flask. Well, every, every time he would go down there by himself, he would hear footsteps echoing around him. Paranoid, high. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I mean, just baked out what, of his what mind. What was that? It was. Is this an old build? Oh, it's an old building. Okay, I forgot. Uh, he said he might have like somebody he sees down there or something. You know, maybe he meets uh, somebody. For I, I think that you know the, the truth of it is he probably just doesn't want the doormen. They don't want you going to the basement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I see some show potential here though. They're like the the real ghosts of Park Avenue. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I thought for a second you were going to try to start a show. In this uh, abandoned hospital, oh, like, hotel a, like a stand-up show. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's already been four of them. Yeah. Probably. But, God but the, yeah. How about this? The doorman and the ghost. <laughs> this fall on ABC. He, he this is what he claimed. He said he told me he felt like a presence was following him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that all the time. You know. Yeah. So, but but Guilty hey, look or what? Just just I just feel like there's some. How many times you walk down the street and you just like look behind you and there's nobody there? You're sure somebody's walking up behind you? Yeah. That does happen. I don't know what that is. I wish people would do that more often with me. I'm always like almost knocking people over, I think, because I walk quietly. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I have soft shoes. You should start doing like a, like a, you know, like give them a warning. Yeah. Like, I'm back here. I'm Nate. Yes. Here I come. Here I come. (laughs) He says, one side. so, uh, but, 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 okay, so the, the important thing is if you live in this building, you can feel safe that the cowardly doorman is in the basement quietly freaking out. Right. <laughs> In Brooklyn Supreme Court, a judge ruled on a bunny suit. Yeah, it looks like the city's most notorious bunny hoarder won't be getting her pets back anytime soon. Justice Kathy King ruled NYPD's uh, seizure of 35-year-old Dorota Trek's 237 bunnies was, in fact, appropriate. Uh, they were injured and conditions existed at the subject location that caused said injuries as well as severe pain and discomfort to the bunnies. 
uh, for now they're going to remain in the care of the ASPCA. It, it, I wonder what kind of bunny wonderland they have set up for them. Right. Uh, that's so humane. I, I'm going to guess a conveyor belt into a cauldron of fire. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't know what. I don't. What are they going to do that's with all next. these bunnies? What if, <laughs> if no one claims them? Right. <laughs> It's a, a bunny wonderland would pretty much be like, uh, I mean, carrots and uh, an ass. Right. <laughs> Just, that bunny is set. Carrots and fucking, that's yeah. it. Got, bunnies love, you know, they, they still, they're the, still the top, the, like, the go-to reference for how much you're fucking. Yeah. And, and you're fucking like rabbits. If you look at the numbers on how many bunnies can be made out of 237 bunnies, it's trillions. Yeah. And, and it takes about three weeks <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> They they uh, they they really do. Uh, now this is the second bunny seizure uh, uh, for the year for her, uh, and and you know and it's got to be hard to take care of two hundred thirty seven rabbits. You know, it's just naming them. Right. Would be. <laughs> that would be difficult. Um, yeah. She's specifically uh, accused of being uh, cruel to bunnies. She's uh, she's arrested. She was arrested on animal cruelty charges, and this is like I said, the second uh, bunny seizure of the year on a cold January night. Bunnies were observed hopping around behind a tire store on 3rd Avenue near 9th Street. Uh, the, the lot to see in New York. Mm-hmm. You, know? you yeah. want to notice the hopping bunnies in a, in a fucking behind a tire store. Eyewitnesses called it adorable. <laughs> I said, look at them hopping around. <laughs> well, when, when hero cops investigated, uh, you know, they, the Trek assured them that she would bring the rabbits indoors, you know. Inside this tire store. Uh, inside uh, where, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where if she lives in a tire, I, I'm a little confused if this is a second location right. for her. Or like, who owns these rabbits that are hopping around in a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rabbits can get out of a lot, right? Right. I, I mean, it must be, it's, but they're free. They're, they're hopping free around range. free. They're free range. That's free what range she, she describes them that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was she yeah. eating these rabbits? She's, <laughs> That's the only thing you describe as free range is your food. Well, she I think she calls them that because she doesn't want to build 237 pens or, or right. however many oh, pens. Sure. I mean, I guess it would be less these than These rabbits that. don't know how to live indoors. These, they don't even know they've they're been hoarded. So, they're not know. socialized. Yeah, they're wild. They're yeah. wild, essentially. They're wild rabbits. Yeah, so, I'm, and I'm sure that the, there was a misunderstanding when she said she was going to bring them indoors anyway. I'm sure she just said, like, sarcastically, like, oh, yeah, I'll just scoop up 75 <laughs> yes. rabbits and... They're getting shit all over my house. And a normal cop just not paying attention. Like, yep, okay, said he'll bring them in. All right, thank you. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you, Miss Trek. (laughs) Uh, This was only 75 bunnies at this point, and that was around 2 p.m. Well, at 7.30, bunnies still outside, and the cops were hopping mad. (laughs) As the temperature was dropping, the authorities had to act fast to save all these fucking rabbits from dying in the cold I guess due the due to the callous negligence of the hoarder, like all wild rabbits are just going to drop dead, right? When the, when the temperature goes down, I don't understand that. Aren't don't they th- going to like hibernate? Aren't they rabbits? Don't they yeah. just like live outside? Right. They don't need to be in. I, I, it seems uh, confusing to me. This isn't like a, this isn't like a house cat versus an outdoor cat. This N- is yeah. these are rabbits. They're I mean they're some of the dumbest animals on earth, right? Well, yeah. I mean you know. If if you saw these things in the subway, you would, would you would be disgusted. You'd Instagram it and then you'd take another train. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, they're rabbits. Well, this uh, you know, look, they, they got a warrant from the Brooklyn DA around 10 p.m. They see 75 rabbits along with ASPCA and Animal Care and Control. Mm-hmm. We talked about this story before. You know, there's not much on this earth that can compare to the pain of bunny seizure. <laughs> and however, she wasn't charged at the time. 
Uh, and in March, she was found to be keeping 176 bunnies in a junkyard where they were found to be living in awful conditions, suffering from bite marks, some of the rabbits infected with syphilis. I mean, are we sure this isn't like a Batman villain? I mean, or something? Like, this is like a strange <laughs> obsession with rabbits, and she hangs out in vacant lots behind a tire store or a junkyard. Yeah. Like, this, that seems like where the final scene of the movie is. Yeah. What are all these bunnies doing there? Who's going to save these bunnies? They're, they've got syphilis, for Christ's sake. I mean, let me tell you, bunnies gonna fuck. Hey, bunnies be fucking. What do you expect them to do? B- you, ever B- tried to put a, you ever tried to put a condom on a rabbit? <laughs> it's... They're worse than teenagers. You warn them, you explain the risk, and then it's up to them. Rabbits, gone, fuck, y'all. We're talking unwanted pregnancies. We're talking single mothers. We're talking about the continuation of a cycle of inner-city crime, a story that you can trace back to Gomphos Alkima, the first rabbit to walk the earth. The fossil remains unearthed in Mongolia. Gomphos, the original logomorph, the oldest member of the rabbit family, and a huge horror. No shock there. Yeah. He was different in a couple of key ways. He had a long tail and he somewhat uh, squirrel-like teeth. Okay. Can you imagine seeing a gigantic squirrel-like tailed rabbit with weird or squirrel teeth? Uh, you mean like a rat? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can't imagine that. <laughs> the difference in rabbits and hares, by the way. Rabbits, uh, rabbit babies are born blind and hairless. It's altricial. Hair babies are born with good vision and good hair. And most rabbits are like New Yorkers. They live in burrows. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> Good one. Hares live above ground. They are also larger, usually. Now, bunny hoarder Doretta Trek, arrested in March, charged with cruelty to bunnies. Trek, suddenly bunnyless, quickly states she's on a mission, a scientific mission. This is what she says she was doing with all these rabbits, because that's the question you had. Right. What's the deal with all the fucking bunnies? Well, she says uh, the integrity of this mission has been compromised by the interference of these animal, uh, animal rights activists. And uh, she's suing, okay, but but her mission is to uh, she's breeding them. It's a it's a breeding thing. She's trying to uh, develop a new strain of bunny. She's trying to to, to develop them into like pastel colored bunnies that she can sell. And uh, you know she she describes uh, what what they're gonna look like. They'll have somewhat long ears. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you small. something. I say this as a liar. Uh, <laughs> she is making this up on the spot. This is I. Uh, I wanted them for uh, br- breeding. Breeding is what I wanted them for. Um, no. I want to make a pastel cup. She says. Uh, I want to sell them. She's eating them. She's, she's eating these bunnies. She's eating the bunnies. <laughs> I don't think she is. I think she's just hoarding them. She says that uh, this is the granddaddy of all frivolous lawsuits. She wants. She's seeking damages in the amount of of two. Uh, two billion. Two billion dollars. <laughs> two billion dollars. That's what she wants. For how many? Like we're upwards of four hundred bunnies taken away from her. No, 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 no. This is like this is. Uh, they took uh, two two hundred thirty seven bunnies total. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, that was that, the one seventy six was part of the, the one seventy six was, was part, part of that original okay. number. I think it's the seventy five and then the one seventy six. Okay. Uh, and she wants two billion dollars. Two billion dollars. Bunnies gonna fuck. Named in her suit. That's Natalie Reeves. Is another one. She's she founded a, a, a company, a nonprofit, I guess, called Big Apple Bunnies. She accuses her of being furiously jealous, you know, uh, of what's going on. She, uh, I guess, she's jealous of her uh, bunny monopoly, scabby junkyard syphilis <laughs> bunnies. You wish you had some syphilis bunnies. 
and 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 she also said that Reeves was. This is in the the, the court papers. Dreaming that she has control over the whole rabbit world in New York City. You know. Uh, Where I come from, those are fighting words. That's. <laughs> you dream you got control over the whole rabbit world, bitch. Uh, she's accused. Uh, she accuses. Uh, that's like I mean that's not something you can take lightly. Now she also states. Uh, this about about Reeves in her smear campaign Reeves refuses to acknowledge Dorota Tracks extensive achievements with rabbits and how wonderful for the community the rabbit project is extensive achievements uh-huh. <laughs> what's the last rabbit development hmm. that you can think of that uh, yeah since I, Easter Bunny what are we talking about here um, I, can't, I'm I mean stumped. there's nothing yeah. there's been no news Extensive achievements she's made, though. And how wonderful for the community, the rabbit. I mean, like, like yeah, how many she's stacked on top of one another? Is yeah, that, what's, what's what more wonderful for the community than bunnies with syphilis? <laughs> right? Set those free. <laughs> Something your daughter wants to play with. Now it has syphilis. Well, she, so- she should. <laughs> it's like, oh, mommy, look, <laughs> there's a little spot of pink. Reeves was, was leaving... Uh, was leaving Dorota Trek's arraignment in Brooklyn when she was uh, an elderly man accompanying uh, Trek through the papers into Reeves' arms. Right? This is how she found out she was being sued. Uh, an old man walked up and, and, and threw these papers into her arms and said uh, and stated, you've been served. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she, she really should have uh, acknowledged how, how um, wonderful her rabbit hoarding was for the community. Now it's going to cost her... Probably hundreds of millions of dollars now. I, I can't imagine ever being sad that a rabbit hoarder was out of my community. If this woman actually has supporters, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know if that, like, I don't know that I want to share a city with somebody who's gonna support a woman who had two hundred thirty-seven bunnies in her present in her possession. No, I, that's awful. This is America, and okay. I'm sorry. I don't. It's awful. It's. I can't. You cannot convince me you're doing this for good. I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? It's like they, they first they take your guns, then they take your bunnies. <laughs> That's the order it goes in, you know. That she, and <laughs> I had no bunnies, so I said nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was at a bunny hoarder, so I said nothing. Yeah. Also named in the lawsuit, NYPD, ASPCA, Brooklyn DA, Kenneth Thompson. This is a fascinating. She's taken down the entire New York power structure over these fucking rabbits. Yeah, there's, there's uh, <laughs> shit's going to change. It is. Heads are going to roll. <laughs> She uh, accuses them of causing uh, loss of reputation, uh, causing her reputation before that sterling shame. She's caused. She's been caused shame by. They've right. shamed her. Friends are coming over. Where are all the bunnies? Well, <laughs> thought you were uh, working on a rabbit project or something. <laughs> Extensive uh, achievements. I don't, I'm not seeing it, Dorota. <laughs> if that is your real name, mortification and hurt feelings uh, and temporary loss of rabbits. She also is suing for temporary loss of rabbits. Hurt feelings is just the sort of thing that a rabbit, rabbit, rabbit person, but person, person would, would want to sue you over. Bunnies, <laughs> and you hurt my feelings. Yeah, two billion. That'll be two billion dollars. One for my billion. Feelings. No, two billion. <laughs> <laughs> she wants a billion. No, make it two. That's how hurt she is. Temporary loss of rabbits. Uh, that implies she's getting the rabbits. Oh, back. Oh, she's getting the rabbits back. Yeah, she says that if. Uh, if she doesn't get the rabbits back, what she's going to do is uh, she said that she's going to save, uh, rescue some bunnies from the slaughterhouse and start and start over. That's the next step. She's going to uh, re- 
would you know where to go to a slaughterhouse and get and get bunnies? I bet you she knows. Yeah, I bet you she does. <laughs> uh, she for sure does. I I really personally have. Have you eaten rabbit? No. I got very sick eating rabbit once. Mm-hmm. Right before I was doing my half hour special, uh-huh. I, I ate I ate a rabbit. That was a bad choice. It was a really bad choice. I, somebody should have said, maybe not rabbit tonight. Yeah, also, maybe tomorrow night when you're it, celebrating. It, uh, but to be fair, it might not have been the... Uh, and, and what better way to celebrate? Than eating a rabbit. Than eat, just eating a fucking rabbit. Was it a rabbit. stew or was it just uh, off a stick or did you... It was like a roasted rabbit with like an olive sauce or something like mm. that. I remember there was olives. It sounds like, like trouble. It's like a salty sort of... Yeah, I had a partridge appetizer though. So I think it might have been the partridge. Okay. Now, how often do you say that? I, I had a bad meal. I, I tell you, I got sick. It was either the rabbit or the partridge. It sounds like you're like you're using like the Bible as a cookbook. Like what? (laughs) Bible cooking. Any any other any other adorable Mm. things that uh, used to scamper around with Jesus that you'd like to eat? Yeah, I I, uh, (laughs) cut I cut my uh, portions way down on partridge after that. I I no more than two or three times a week. Uh, well, no, I have you partridge. Think about now. your health. You know, I, it's, I can't be, I can't have diarrhea always. <laughs> you got to be so careful cooking partridge. We go. I think you know. I think I'm going to do go to the slaughterhouse and save a few partridges, and uh, hoard them. A uh, man is charged with felony animal cruelty for drowning the family dog in a Long Island Oof. canal. Chief Roy Gross said, 66-year-old John Schultz tied a cinder block to his seven-year-old Rottweiler mix before throwing the animal into the canal. The motive is unknown. Well, the dog knew too much. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ubu sleeps, sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> Good dog. Woof. Good dog. Good dog. boy. Uh, uh, in ever-gentrifying Bushwick, you come to Brooklyn Fronten and you get mush quick. Just ask Gregory Drummond. Officers came to a second-floor apartment in Mr. Drummond's building because of a fight, and there the police found a gun and drugs. Uh, this wasn't in his apartment, though. Somehow Mr. Drummond got mixed up in it, and the cops figured he was involved. They put him in cuffs. That was on the second floor. He lives on the third floor. They entered his third floor apartment. They took cash, electronics, a television set, and his dog. They took his dog. His dog was in this other apartment? No, it was in his apartment. His apartment. They, they, they took all this stuff out of his apartment. They, they said, you're involved. Okay. Uh, he was there buying drugs. That's I, I live in Bushwick. I'm going to say he was there buying drugs. Mr. Drummond... What you talking about, Nate? <laughs> you think he was buying drugs? Yeah. Well, they, they thought he was squatting, too. That's one thing they say. They say he's squatting uh, in that apartment with his electronics and his television set sure. and his dog. Right. Well, uh, they dropped the dog off at the pound where the dog was castrated. Well, again, what you talking about, Mr. Drummer? <laughs> they neutered his dog without the owner's permission. They neutered the dog without his permission, mm-hmm. and uh, and now he's filed a $2 million false arrest lawsuit. Well, uh, also shooting high there. Shooting a little high, I shooting think, a little for high. a dog's testicles. Yeah. You, pr- you know what? The dog with the million-dollar balls. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what, you know what? It, it's, it's like these... Uh, <laughs> the dog with the million-dollar balls. What are they... I, when you talk about animal cruelty, if you kick a dog, people lose their fucking mind. People, yeah. People, if a dog, I, I, on the way here, two or three dogs tried to bite me. And I, if I. <laughs> really? Yeah, just a, one on my block, a couple in, a couple here in Queens. Anti-Semitic uh, dogs, man. I mean, they could smell it, but, uh, you know, if I had, like, kicked the dog in the face, 
I would probably be in jail right now. Oh, I would be in central booking right and, now. And they would, and everybody would love it. There'd be people who say like, he should be killed. He should put him down. Put him. For, take for, his for, dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing I'm saying. <laughs> but you can have a dog and take it and just cut its balls off. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you were to give me the choice, right, we're going to either throw you in the canal with a cinder block or, you know, we're going to cut your balls off. That wouldn't be that easy of a choice. That is a tough choice for me. I just think it's not that much worse. To, I mean, like having I, If you cut my balls off, I probably will end up in a canal. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner or later, you know, I'm not going to be happy living without no. balls. Yeah. How do you women do it? <laughs> I don't get That's got to be horrible. Well, he's got a settlement. They whittled it down a little. From uh, from, from two million, yeah, from two million. They whittled it down from two just million. a skosh. Uh, they got it down to twelve uh, five, twelve thousand five hundred. Still pretty good. Which he accepted. Yes, <laughs> still still pretty good for not your balls. Let's let's face it. They saved him a vet bill. Right, right. They were gonna fucking do. It's, don't all dogs get neutered eventually or spayed? Don't neutered they? or spayed? I mean, you're you should, but. It's you know, these are Bushwick assholes who are, hey, everything should be as God made it. I mean, I don't believe in God, but, you know, that's natural. Oh, yeah, right. Like, yeah. Like, you know, these, this is, these are Bushwick douchebags. Yeah. Who, well, you know, and also who are like, well, I didn't give my permission for that. Right. I was never going to do that. Maybe well, the dog wanted it. Maybe the dog finally wanted some peace and quiet. Like Stop chasing tail. Thank literally. you. God, man. I tell you, I don't know what it's been lately, but ever since I went to that one thing now... <laughs> Uh, I have been so much more calm. I'm just, I'm calm. I'm, I feel like I'm thinking straight. I'm finishing meals. Yeah, yeah. I very rarely am fucking something in an alley. <laughs> yeah, I just sleep all night. I just really just find the warm spot in the floor and I sleep and it's great. I mean, you know, the warm, yeah, because they don't really, it's not horrifying to them. They're not no. like, where's my balls? They're like, fucking, oh, a flap of skin that I can lick. And this is where any Bushwick asshole would be like, how do you know? We get, <laughs> dogs experience trauma just like people and dolphins and other things mm-hmm. that I, I'm talking about that I read secondhand from something that someone posted on Facebook. Coming to Brooklyn Front. I tell you, that's uh, there's a certain uh, it's a certain type of hipster there in Bushwick. Yeah, it's it's is Bushwick crawling with women the same way Williamsburg is? Yes. Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Williamsburg. And they're all, but they're all on Molly instead oh. of like uh, <laughs> instead of like being like in their late twenties, early thirties with like a publishing job. They're all you know. Uh, I'm trying to work in textile and I am high all day. Uh-huh. That's that's that is the average Bushwick woman. Sounds like a real peach. Yeah. Well, a new idea uh, that for uh, for some homeless services, the Department of Homeless Services, they provide housing to more than fifty six thousand people. Fifty six thousand as of this week in the Bronx. Shelter from the storm, but the raging insanity inside the homeless shelter may be more deadly than the streets. Yes, I would you heard be- that correctly. Uh, yeah, I mean, ugh, that's tough. Case in point, Project Renewal. The director murdered by a mentally ill ex-con who gunpoint attempted to rape her before shooting her naked in the street. The executive in charge now, he, he said he ain't going down like that. <laughs> Mayoral First Lady Charlene McRae hosted a discussion at the Auburn Family Residence in Fort Greene. Uh, you know, mental health issues are her mm-hmm. pet concern. Okay. Mentally ill people are special to her, you know, because without them, you know, her husband uh, couldn't have been elected. <laughs> CEO of Project Renewal, uh, Mitchell Netburn, he made a direct plea to McRae, or you might call it an idea. He wanted, uh, quote, to segregate chronically violent clients in the shelter system. 
they're just some people who are so seriously mentally ill uh, who have such a propensity for violence it's really not appropriate that they should be sort of scattered out through shelters. This sounds like Cool Hand Luke, doesn't it? It does a little bit. There's some people just so seriously mentally ill have <laughs> such a propensity for violence. It's, it's really not uh, appropriate. They should be sort of scattered out through shelters. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy that, yeah, yeah. That some man you just can't reach. Right. Yeah. There's another quote. Uh, it's not just to protect staff or other clients or members of the public. They're not receiving the services they need, mm. he says. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's you hear the word segregation, you think this is a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know where That's you went. That's the knee jerk. On that. on, That's segregation. the knee jerk. I hear segregation, I go uh, thumbs down. Yeah. But uh, it's hard to argue, like, if these people are just like super violent. I mean, get them away from people who aren't also super violent. Right? Yeah, not all homeless people are super violent. Right. Very few, I find, yeah. in my in my daily travails. You yeah. know, yeah, I've never been attacked by a homeless right. person, but they're out there. They're out there, and if they're, I've been like I've been like harassed by a super aggressive one. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. They're, I mean, you know, they're not necessarily the people you don't want to hang out. Right. Exactly. I'm not but gonna, they're like, not. You know, lend them a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them all my books. You know. uh... Well, they need the services that they need, and that's right. that's the problem. Is that like if they're just scattered throughout the, the you know, they, they, like services like uh, big iron bars, you know, like uh, and 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 we can just bring them things that they need, like food, right? And they they don't have to leave the room, you know. They could just be in the room with the bars, right? And they could have some supervision, maybe, you know, like like armed supervision, mm. maybe, you know. This is an interesting idea you have. <laughs> I, mean, I think this has legs. I think that's more or less what the you know. I mean, I'm sure that the, it would be a high security kind of situation. I would I would imagine so. Probably can't leave anytime you want, and you probably have to like uh, you know um, go through a metal detector maybe. For sure, uh, dress a certain way. Yeah, uh, maybe a uniform. Maybe a uniform. Maybe like, like an a, orange a government jumpsuit, issued so. <laughs> uniform. Well, uh, this is during a stop during uh, Charlie McRae's listening tour. To gauge mental health issues throughout the city, and and uh, Netburn was one of five homeless service executives to offer solutions for improving the system. Uh, by the way, in 2009, they had an uh, when they were faced with overcrowding homeless shelters, the city overcrowded homeless shelters. The city offered uh, homeless people and their families. This was their solution at the time: uh, one-way tickets to out, leave out of town. Yeah. Just to leave. Took the midnight train going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. My just wife, a city boy. Yeah, it says my wife <laughs> suffered a long time illness, and uh, I mean, just imagine that. You know, homeless people. Yeah. Uh, my wife suffered a long term uh, illness. We had a severely autistic son. He needs a lot of special care. We weren't properly insured, and we got behind in payments. Then I lost my job. I couldn't even pay rent. Hmm. I see a solution. Go away. <laughs> I like also. I love the idea of the. This is really like the. The best name for uh, I'm going to pretend like I care about this, but I'm going to do nothing. I'm going on a listening tour. Oh, I'm right. coming to your. I'm listening. <laughs> Interesting point. Yeah, it says good day. Uh, <laughs> she listened intently, making no commitments. <laughs> right. yeah, it's a listening tour. Listening True to the tour. Spirit. Yeah, no commitment. Listening tour. That'll She's be like smoking during this. After the listening <laughs> tour, they're having the, the, the that'll, that'll be time for the false hope and empty right. promises yeah, tour. Yeah. I'm going on my uh, napping retreat after that. <laughs> 
I love Bloomberg's. That's a real Bloombergian solution, right. though. The listening tour. Yeah. No, no. The, uh, you know, the just op- open your wallet and oh, it goes yeah, yeah. away. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The one-way ticket Right. Thing, the one-way you know? ticket. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's about simple solutions. Hey, one-way tickets are more expensive than round-trip tickets. So it's yeah. harder to, you know, my it's problem, harder to just book that. He's like, my problem is that you're here. <laughs> I uh, really can't argue with this. The city has too many people. I got uh, your if, sick wife and your weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't said a word. Yeah, uh, go for it, you know. Uh, the whole new trail of tears. This yeah. is great. <laughs> Just send everyone to Oklahoma. No, they, they, yeah, go, go go back to Knoblick. Right. <laughs> Take it to Pelahatchee. <laughs> <laughs> Point to some spot on a map. Buy a ticket. They, they, they spend some money for these people, several thousand dollars sometimes, mm-hmm. just to relocate a whole family to, uh, you know, Missouri. Right. A beautiful spring day in Central Park, nearly ruined for a nanny and the two-year-old boy in her charge. Hector Playground, Tuesday, steps away from his nanny. A complete stranger grabbed him from a swing. And a woman unhinged, a brazen, broad daylight kidnap attempt. The 27-year-old nanny wrestled the kid back from the skedaddling abductor who vamoosed. Yeah, it's a kid's safe. This guy wasn't ready to kidnap. That's, woman. Uh, that's, oh, this woman? Yeah, woman unhinged. Woman, woman wasn't ready to kidnap. No. Yeah, I mean, that's... Not ready know, for primetime kidnapping. Absolutely. That's why she's doing it during the day. Where, uh, you know, that's just broad daylight. Broad daylight. It's just it's just practice swings, batting practice. Mm-hmm. You didn't say like, hey, look over there or something. You know, that's what I would what, do yeah, to Nanny. Yeah. Interest her in something she wants to talk about. She really like like put like her hand in the air and just started snapping, seeing if she could like get get the nanny's attention. Uh-huh. And just like grabs the kid. Yeah. I don't know. It's, a it team seems, thing, something. Seems like a rookie. Just seems like a rookie endeavor here. Yeah. You know, the woman who uh, got arrested, there was a woman who got arrested. I can't remember her name right now, but she got arrested a ton of times for trying to snatch kids. Mm-hmm. And that's all she did. Her whole career. Her whole criminal career was like trying to steal a baby. I've got to save the babies. That's my baby. And then uh, and then she'd get caught. And uh, that was a very interesting story. We covered that a while back. Well, celebrities around uh, New York City know that celebrities abound in posh Bohemia, the West Village. A neighbor of Brooke Shields is stalking Brooke Shields. Right, you know, that stands to convenient. reason. And uh, every person... In 1980, I don't know if you remember this, probably not. I was not alive yet. Every person in 1980 wanted to get naked with Brooke Shields. Okay. And now you seldom hear her name. Yeah, I very rarely hear people trying to get naked with her. Wasn't that when she was was in, was it Blue Lagoon? Oh, yes, yes. We'll discuss that. Okay. She, in fact, that guy's obsessed with that movie. Her stalker is, is, he he watches Blue Lagoon all the time. He's not a a subtly Susan man. He's a. Suddenly Susan, that was her damn show. What if he was obsessed with Suddenly Susan, the adult Brooke Shields in a mild stand-up comedy? Uh, 40-year-old, this is 40-year-old, uh, seemingly stuck in the in, in the 80s, mm-hmm. John Rinaldi. Well, they're so hot right now. Still into it, and he's it's lucky for him. He just lives a, a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. Cops say he's wanted on fourth-degree stalking charges. That's, I guess, you made eye contact with Brooke Shields. Right, that's, <laughs> was, she, was, was she a Scientologist for a while? Brooke? Yeah. I think Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. That's what I'm they look similar. Up. I'm getting them mixed up. Look, Brooke Shields uh, was 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 way bigger than, than Kirstie Alley. I mean, not physically. Yeah, come on. But. <laughs> Have some respect. <laughs> if you, but uh, yeah, they're circulating a picture uh, of, uh, and if you want to see him, go to crimereport.nyc. I'll link you to his inst- Instagram account. Better yet, go to the Facebook page. You can see this story there. Uh, New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon on Facebook. Uh, you gotta see it to believe it. This guy's Instagram is one picture. He's laying on the beach. He's got his hands down his pants, and he's like not doing it in like a funny way. You know, it's like 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 sort of like trying to be sultry or something. 
uh, it's the kind of picture you go, well, who took that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, could I just like at the beach, just some stranger? Hey, could you take a picture of me real yeah. quick? It's for my, <laughs> it's for my Instagram. Uh, all right, just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Okay, your hands are still down your pants. Oh, so you, oh you want a picture of this? Oh, okay. All right. Um, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the man's been trying to contact her. According to the Post, he allegedly parks his black Audi in front of Shields' home on West 10th and Bleecker Streets. Black Audi. Oh, by the way, if you're interested in stalking Brooke Shields, she lives on uh, 10th and Bleecker. <laughs> Leaves her messages on his windshield along with unwanted packages, police sources uh, said. What and what? I mean, uh, they've they've published uh, the location of her home, 10th and Bleecker, and now uh, unwanted packages. Uh, what could that be? Uh, he says, that he, uh, according to Brooke Shields, Rinaldi approached her and made her kids feel uncomfortable. Right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, make your fucking kids uncomfortable. What makes your kids uncomfortable, you know? How do you know that? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's like it's, it's I'm like not, I'm not on his side. I'm just saying it's weird to me. To you know? me, to me, it's as easy as knowing that it was like a bunny experienced trauma. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't know. I <laughs> Have don't, you heard I, of Dorota Track? I'm not good with kids, uh, so I don't know. I feel as if like a kid can get uncomfortable. Uh, okay, well, I probably shouldn't say these things. It, it seems like whenever you try to like sort of balance it with any sort of logic, everybody's like, "Well, hold on." Yeah, slippery slope. What do you mean? <laughs> this guy's a fucking creep. Right. Don't get me wrong, but just something about, hey, well, he made my kids uncomfortable. I, I just wonder it's what like, it was. I yeah, wonder well, what you know, it was. So, so did my grandpa. You yeah, know, yeah make, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, outda- like outdated racial slurs made me uncomfortable <laughs> as a kid. Well, he, he, now here's the thing. He admits in his own childhood he watched Blue Lagoon to, quote, feel normal. Uh, Blue, Blue Lagoon, of course, the 1980 film starring a highly sexualized 14-year-old Brooke Shields. Right. It's the story of a young boy and girl, cousins, who are marooned on an island while children. They fall in love because there's no one else around mm-hmm. on the island paradise. And the moment they grow into puberty, he start hitting it. Now, uh, they start having forbidden, underage, incestuous first cousin sex. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know what he said to make the kids uncomfortable. I'm beginning to be uncomfortable. <laughs> From this Blue Lagoon thing. I like that he had to watch this to even out. He said that he needed this to feel normal. Yeah. Like how, what was so on the, what was so far on the other side to get him to, to get him to zero. He he also fantasizes about his cousin. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, good. There's other people out there who, uh. Did he grow up on an island? Yeah. (laughs) I haven't. Christopher Atkins, by the way, uh, you know, was the other guy, was the, was the star in that. That was his first movie, first mm-hmm. role, his big breakout. He got to be like, you know, with uh, Brooke Shields. He got to fuck Brooke Shields. Yes. That's pretty good. He actually fucked her. That's the way they did it. Yep. They, they, they show were, penetration yeah. through the whole thing. None of this was illegal. <laughs> yeah. It was the 80s. It, it was, was a different time. It, it, things were so different then. <laughs> People didn't care if you fucked a 14-year-old. It's age of consent. Consent? Schmansent. <laughs> Well, uh, Rinaldi denies he's done anything wrong. He said, I left her a very polite, professional letter under her pillow. I have really respected her space. I've never once interjected in her personal life. He said it by phone from an undisclosed upstate location. Right. His hideout. <laughs> His denial sounds like an admission to me. Yeah, uh, I would like to. Fir- I would like to know what he wrote that letter with. I would be. Uh, I would be concerned <laughs> what bodily fluid is on that letter. Right. I want to see. This, some are okay. Uh, some are not. Right. You know, blood is romantic. 
Semen is sick. Semen is sick. Shit is just right out. Just get out of here. If you're not in prison and you're writing anything right. and shit. You know, that's you're, you're done. He added, he, uh, he goes, I think of her as a sister. I don't fantasize about her. I mean, no more than I do my sister. <laughs> He's one on fourth degree stalking charges, making eye contact with Brooke Shields. His social media pages are full of photos of her. He calls her my Brookie on Facebook. You know, that also makes me uncomfortable. Ooh, that, gave, that, just, that just gave me the chills. And he's so. looking, uh, and looking at his Instagram, like I said, he's got, you know, the freaking hand down his pants and everything. He, now, here's the worst part. He works for something called the Sandy Hook Kids Center. Ooh. It's a job with kids, supposedly. But when you go to their page, it's like a weird mystery. It's like there's a lot of talk about Sandy Hook and how uh, all those lives there were lost and school shooting that their organization is named after and everything. And it says the number one cause of school shootings is bullying. But Adam Lanza wasn't a bully. He was a he was a student. I, he, wasn't, I, he wasn't a student. He's I'm 20. Of, I'm of the belief that the number one cause of school shootings is a uh, lunatic with a gun. Mm-hmm. 100% every Word. time. Word. Uh, and, and, and when you look at their website, it's got all these weird, like, you know, mistakes that a website shouldn't have, right. you know, uh, and, and, and like, like a couple of, like, little weird misspellings. Like, he, like... He mentions the Grammys at one point, and it's spelled G-A-R-M-M-Y apostrophe S, like possessive, like something that belongs to Grammy. Grammy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is like, man, that's really, you just, but, uh, <laughs> and, he, and, and it's a kid's organization that's supposed to, that, like when they state their mission even, it's like, I'm going to talk more about that on another thing, because there's a lot to it, but yeah. uh, uh, their calendar, for instance, it's labeled uh, what we're working on, right? So you're expecting like, okay, you're doing some work in the community and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's one item on that calendar. Time machine. Stop what? Sandy Hook. <laughs> <laughs> what we're working on. It's labeled, uh, and, and it says uh, there's one item, and it's Grammys 2015. What? And it says, join us uh, this February 8th as we look to the Grammys to help stop bullying, stop violence. Bullies love the Grammys. Yeah. It's true. It's I mean, it's true. They've always... it just, uh, how, how, like, generic could this be? Join us as we look to the Grammys to hashtag stop bullying, stop violence. So pretty much uh, we're getting together to watch the Grammys. Yeah. I'm having a Grammy <laughs> viewing party at an undisclosed location upstate New York. Uh, come on over. We're going to have at least one dip. And we're going to make some children uncomfortable. <laughs> no shooting. No shooting. No, shooters not welcome. <laughs> Stop the violence. <laughs> A band of knife-wielding thugs targeting passengers on Jamaica-bound J trains in Queens and Brooklyn. Do you ride the J? Uh, yes, I do. Is it is it uh, as uh, dangerous as it sounds, the J? It's a, the J, to me, always looks like the forbidden line. Um... The uh, no, it's fine. I I I use it to get around. It's this is two hoods pulled a knife on a twenty-five year old woman, took her cash and metro card on a train approaching one hundred twenty-first Street. Two days oh, later, taking it up that you know. Oh, <laughs> Richmond Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Two days later, a woman and three men accosted an eighteen-year-old man on board a, a train pulling into one hundred eleventh Street. It's only streets that end with one, mm -hmm. so keep that in mind. Brandished a knife, punched him in the face, took his iPhone 6, also a jacket, Gucci belt, and a pair of Jordans. Oh, well, then this they, guy was dressed to the nines. Yeah. <laughs> they slugged a man in the face, snatched his iPhone 5 just a few minutes later. Well, city comptroller Scott Stringer, news story, commissioned a report 
on the New York City subway system. He concluded it's a real shithole. <laughs> the MTA fared to, failed to properly clean 97% of stations citywide, creating piles of trash and rats so cocky they hop up on platforms. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. how long has it been since you've been in the subway exactly? Right. Yeah, it's... Sorry you have it so well that you, you got it so good that you don't have to ride it. But I, uh, I'm, I've, I've been here since 2006. I've never known a time when the rats weren't so cocky they were hopping up on the platforms. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're, sometimes they're on the train. He says it's almost as if the rats were walking upright, waiting to take the train to their next feeding. Yes. Yes, it is like that. It's, it's, very it's always been like that. <laughs> Hasn't this guy seen Ghostbusters? I mean, it's been that way forever. Yeah. Scott Stringer. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the com- they wonder why the comptroller wasted all this money on an audit, you know, when it's so apparent to anybody with an eyes, eyes and a nose. Yeah. They say, well, they, they felt the money could have been better spent on, like, you know, rat poison <laughs> <laughs> or paint. By the way, a civilian complaint review board says that uh, in their annual in-house review, which was released Thursday, uh, that, uh, the, the, that complaints were down, police complaints down. Uh, it says that the com- of police brutality. That, that, yeah, found the complaints about policeman misconduct plummeted to their lowest level in a dozen years in 2014. 4,788 complaints. I'm going to go ahead and not believe that report. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not as much plummeted. of a news junkie as you are, uh-huh. but uh, I've heard some rather unsavory comments about the police lately in yeah. the news, yeah, and uh, I but, don't believe that. Well, I think a lot of that came in 2015. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, formal complaint. It also found that more oh, than formal complaints. Okay, sure. Oh yeah, filed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They they don't just go like, hey, has anybody complained about the cops? How what's- do people? What's what's the word on the street? Ninety <laughs> uh, percent uh, of excessive force complaints found to be invalid. Stated ninety percent. Ninety percent. But one out of ten, valid. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's valid. All right, that's I gotta, a lot. You know, I can't. I really can't fault you on that. Yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, he did hit you in the face. All right. Oh yeah, valid. Yeah, we will validate that. <laughs> that's a valid complaint. And finally, on the Upper West Side, an after-school program mentor arrested for allegedly luring a 14-year-old student to his home and raping her. 22-year-old Jamal Baum Bowen of Manhattan turned himself in to the NYPD's Manhattan Special Victims Unit. I like the face that he has when he's turning. He's like, what? What is this shit? He's charged with second-degree rape. The teen victim allegedly plied her. He he allegedly plied her with pot and raped her. That's the post word, plied. Plied with pot. They plied her with pot. He didn't, uh, you know, just say, would you like some pot? Right. He He plied her with it. Uh, Again, Bohan works as an instructor for a group which runs after-school programs across the city. Uh, called Roads to Success. Yeah, I like the way you work it. No diggity. <laughs> no on the, doubt. On the road to success, you're going to be smoking a lot of weed and raping teenagers. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> Roads to Success. Roads to Success. I Nothing's... mean, if, listen, if you're, if you're going to be like a, a king, you know, 300 years ago, that's the road to success, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing says on the right path, like blazing up with a shorty. <laughs> she's 14. Roads to Success dispatches a committed core. This is from their website. A committed core of group leaders, instructors, and site directors to provide homework help, academic enrichment activities, exposure to the arts and recreational activities, and community service learning opportunities. Well, he nailed exposure. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
exposure, he knocked it out of the park. You'd have to file it under exposure to the arts, right? And and recreational activities. You know, load up a fat one and 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 go and uh, go to bat while listening to some Kendrick uh, Lamar or something like that. That would cover it, right? Yeah, sure. That's artsy. That's recreational that's a, that's activity. Artful rape, I would say. <laughs> he could have, he could have taken her to the Met, but that's such a cop out. He asked her to it's go free. to. This is uh, the dad says uh, he asked her to go to his house and watch movies, and she went. The devastated cop uh, dad rather told the post uh, he gave her weed and raped her. Well, the movie that he told her they were going to watch, My Cock in Your Mouth, <laughs> Part One. Yeah, <laughs> Part One, The Luring. The Luring. We trusted him, and he abused his power. He added, uh, "Well, you know, what do you know about me? Not a motherfucking thing." In a, in a follow-up story, uh, the post reveals that Bowen, he, 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 uh, Bowen also, I'm having a struggle with the name. It looks like it should be two syllables. It's B-A-U-G-H-A-N, Bohan, right? Bohan? Or just Bohan? I, I feel like you're supposed to say it with some sort of accent, like Bohan. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like a Cajun accent, you know? Uh, right, yeah, yeah. Bon. Hey, Bohan. He also uh, lured three other teens to his apartment on separate occasions. Okay. In February, he brought another 14-year-old to his Washington Heights apartment. They smoked pot and kissed. So this is part four, then? That would be, yeah, this is part four, oh, yeah. the, the cock-sucking. Right. Sophia Khan, the prosecutor, alleged this. Uh, he also smoked pot with a 13-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl on other occasions. I'm sure he's a damn good instructor. Mm-hmm. What he does in his free time doesn't necessarily affect that, right? <laughs> Defense attorney Neil Allen said it was, quote, hard to imagine such things happening at an apartment where Bon Bon lives with his relatives. I I don't know. With very little effort, I'm imagining it. (laughs) I can see it. The three of them come in together. They breeze through the common area where mom is stirring something on the stove. Uh, Hey, Jamal, uh, dinner will be ready in half an hour. Are your friends staying? No, mom. The door slams. She goes back to her stirring, and then he puts on an Ohio players record and cracks a window. Time yeah. to smoke weed. Perfectly, yeah. I can I can picture this too. This is you've painted this. It's it's funny that he's he's running an after school program. He's an instructor there, and he's actually this whole his life is an after school special. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> this is sort of a latchkey program in which uh, there is a key that's latched a door. Uh-huh. So, kind of counts. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the show. And and Nate, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Nate Fridson, N A T E F R I D S O N. You can see me uh, every Sunday at Beauty Bar in Manhattan on 14th Street in the East Village at nine o'clock. It's a free comedy show. And uh, starting uh, the end of this month, actually, if you find yourself in Long Island City, Queens, I have a a new show that's starting at the Creek in the Cave on uh, May 30th. That's exciting. What is it? It's called Dark Spots, and it's uh, it's uh, you'd be interested in it. We'd, yeah, we'd love to have you on at some point. It's a uh, it it's a show that uh, focuses on dark uh, dark comedy, and every month there's a new theme. Uh, this this month's theme you will be revealed. Oh, okay. At, uh, at, Haven't decided at yet. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, is, May 30th it, at 10 o'clock. Another free show. May thirtieth at, at ten o'clock at the Creek in the Cave in Long and, Island. And what, what night is May thirtieth? Is that it's a, a Saturday? Saturday night. Jesus, Saturday night. that's great. It's yeah. it's uh, Saturday the thirtieth. And at what time again? Ten o'clock. Man, that's uh that's ten ninety three Jackson Avenue, the Creek in the Cave. They got great food. They have good uh, burritos and things. They got it's a, what do they call it? California Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. And uh, you know cheap beers, games, 
and uh, oh, there's a piano too. You can go play. Yeah, uh, plenty I mean, to uh, do there. Go to the Creek in the Cave, May 30th. If you want to find, uh, you know, oh, am I doing a set there? Or not? <laughs> Let's just say I am. All right, you can do uh, you can do that, or uh, and also go to CrimeReport.nyc. Mm-hmm. Please uh, leave a, a nice review for New York City Crime Report on Stitcher or iTunes. That would be most appreciated. Thank you so much to the people who've done that. We really, really do appreciate it. It means a lot. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you're doing, I don't know, uh, you know, if you're in subscription mode on all this stuff or not. I hope you're listening. And uh, I would really just appreciate the listeners. I put up some new things on Patreon.com. I always like it when people, uh, you know, go there and, and check out, you know, some of the extras and bonuses you can get if you love New York City Crime Report. There's a little something extra going on at Patreon.com, mm-hmm. New York City Crime Report, NYC Crime Report. And you can find links to all that stuff at Pat Dixon NYC, and, uh, and, and you can also find it all at CrimeReport.NYC. Why do I have two uh, websites that I'm saying? Now, why am I asking you to go to two places? It's just, uh, you know, I'm a comedian as well. And then they don't know about, uh, you know, I have to crime report there a little bit. And it's, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I hope it's not too confusing. It's two websites. If you want a, an awesome New York City Crime Report t-shirt, you can get those. And they're really good. We you know, paid a little extra money to get the really cool ones. They got a great fit. Mm-hmm. They look awesome. And it's at Pat Dixon, NYC. It's P-A-T-D-I-X-O-N. NYC at uh, or dot com rather that's a dot com. It's a dot com. The other one's crime report dot NYC. It's an NYC, which is appropriate. Which is appropriate. This one is Pat Dixon NYC dot com, and, and and there's a page for the T-shirts. Go there and order a shirt. You're paying on PayPal. They're great. They're really uh, they're really awesome. I uh, love having you listen. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over?